Hello, and welcome to the Homeland Podcast. Step out to find out it's wet and warm, wet and warm. Tra-la-la, 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 tra-la-la. Close your eyes for a moment and think of the face of homelessness. What is the face that you see? Is that person male or female? White or black? Young or old? Somewhere along a spectrum in between some of those. For Karina Lukenbach and Melanie Granger, the faces of homelessness that they saw when they closed their eyes were very much like them. Young female, and surrounded by taboos about their own bodies. Out of this space, Karina and Melody hatched an audacious plan to raise one million tampons for Seattle's homeless women. In the process, they have garnered the support and attention of people from around the world and have recast the face of who is homeless in the city's collective consciousness. One recent morning, as the breakfast rush trickled away, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Melanie and Karina at West Seattle's Admiral Bird Cafe to talk about their project. We started our conversation talking about the origins of the One Million Tampons campaign. Well, it started because I have the other space, South Park Hall, and Melanie and I wanted to put a show together showcasing uh, different artists, and it was around Valentine's Day because we wanted to have it, and we wanted to give back and create like this really like broad loving community feeling um and so uh so we were talking and we're talking about like like how do we make it that way like giving back and we wanted just a different approach it was like downtime and we're like we don't want to do all this love each other you know how can we affect people in a good way and they will take notice and so i gathered band members together from these amazing groups around seattle and then Karina held the space, and we decided that in order to get into the show, they had to bring in uh, tampons or a toiletry item with socks of any sort yeah. to donate to get in. And so it was, I knew it was something that homeless people need, and that it's expensive, and then they're often forced to make their own or use things that aren't sanitary or aren't clean, and that becomes a health issue really very quickly for them. And so I knew that that was thing out there so then we're talking about like let's do tampons and as the show approaching and as we're promoting it and talking about it every time i felt like i was talking to someone about the tampons they were like well you know pearl jam's gonna have a show and raise a million dollars for sales on this and i was like well that's wonderful but it's not quite what we're doing (laughs) and it just made me feel like it's like small like a regular person can't make it a meaningful impact right and so we took that motivation and we're like, okay, let's bring it. Yeah. Love Fest. Let's make it. Let's make this Love Fest a huge thing. Yeah. And Love Fest was the introduction to, you know, one million tampons being yeah. created and bringing philanthropic work in with musicians and having them come together for something beautiful. Yeah. And so at the show, these well-known musicians, these were local musicians that are well-known in Seattle, they donated all their funds at the end to the whole production. And it was Million. Pearl Jam's gonna raise a million dollars. I bet I could raise. We could raise a million tampons. He's like, I feel 
and you can do it. So, and it's something outside of the box. People, we've, it's so funny, since we started, we've hit so many different laws, and we've broken down so many different laws, and we realize there are a lot of, unfortunately, there are a lot of males who don't know how much tampons cost, um, and don't know the struggle of being sanitary or not having space to clean and having things accessible to you, something that happens in your normal, everyday life, and somehow it's been shunned, and people are afraid of it. And we're, we're chuckling because it's wild to me. I never knew that it, it was something to be feared. Definitely. And it's something natural. So, yeah, when we get, like, a lot of little notes with the boxes that come in, and one of them said that in the UK, 53% of young girls would rather be bullied at school than talk to their parents about menstruating. Because yeah. Yeah. it's just, it's, like, so much shame around it. It's something that is, like, so common. It's ridiculous. And then we actually, we had some of our high school young women reach out to us who wanted to talk about the subject because we also understand it is something that they hide. It is something that they're embarrassed about. And it also starts at home. You know, it starts with parents being fearful to let them, their children know about their bodies. And this goes from male and female. Yeah. You know, if more young men knew about their bodies, and understood how the female body works. I think it would show more respect towards each. Yeah. And, and you know, not everybody that has their period would describe themselves a woman. You know, there's lots of trans people that have their period, and there's lots of, like, non-binary people that have their periods. It's also to make sure that we address that, too. Well, I mean, it seems like one of the, one of the powerful pieces of um, what you're both doing is that really simple objects. You know, yeah. tampon is... Know, whatever cotton you but it changes the perception of who is homeless or at least broadens it. Yeah. And, and was that important to you? Is that something that you really wanted to bring to the table? Because I think that you know, when people see homeless, they often think of middle aged, maybe under the influence oh, yeah. of drug and alcohol, but and you're speaking to a different <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's what you see. Yeah. That's well, actually yeah. Well just because I've I've grown up in Seattle my whole life is where I'm from. And so I've definitely seen how many more people are homeless now than ever before. And it is families, and it, you know, it is parents, and it is kids and stuff. And it's just, it's so hard to see that, because I've definitely struggled in life, and I've been lucky enough to have a community of, you know, women and people that support me. There's just other people that haven't had that, that same community. It's just like, I was like, how do we bring them in and not make them, like, other?
anything, you would try to tend to her, and this was just her life. And I was like, this is how she lived, and to the point where it's normal for her. You know, she can't take help. She doesn't. She doesn't know how to receive help anymore. And so, if we're all inclusive and we and we remember that this is, we're all connected. This is us. That could be us. You know, I think we see homeless and we're like, oh, now that's not me. Oh, well, we, we're so disconnected from it. And now it's like, okay, we're we're bringing something to the table. We're saying, hey, let's just bring these toiletry items and let's give you this and give you that. And then you're like, whoa, it's such a huge need. Yeah. yeah. It's such a huge need in so many ways. It's not just about taking homeless. It's about people waking up. Yeah. And you mentioned, and you mentioned kind of general perception of the issue in this community in Seattle. Was there any particular incidents or vignettes that you have in your mind about things that have happened that you're like, oh, we need to do something with this? It's really, okay. So one of the, the like, a thing that happened last summer is that uh, the Admiral Bird, we, uh, we're sponsoring the Seattle Rain, the soccer team here, and we're making them sandwiches. And there was, uh, so we do that like every couple, couple times a month. Anyways, we went to drop them off and we had made a mistake and it wasn't the day we were supposed to drop off homes. And so we had all of these, all this food. And I said, okay, let's just go to the, I know where there's a ton of homeless people, let's just go bring them the sandwiches. And so uh, my girlfriend and I went over there and she was, uh, I had my son with me, so I had to hang back. And so she was like going in and like, you know, send me one of these sandwiches. And then she was just like, oh, can I take one like for my daughter? Or like, can I have, grab one for my sister? And you're like, oh my gosh, this is just like heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say this, so um, being here in Seattle for two years, I will give props to camps, the organized camps. Yeah. I've never seen that done ever. And I'm, I'm sure that they're out there, but I've never heard of them or seen them in real life until I've moved here. And I thought that was amazing. Like having people who could have a normal life be over these camps. They could be in a home, but they actually stay in the camps with the people, organize it, where people can somehow have a normal life um, to the point where even organized food, right. you know, they have a schedule to come in and out, yeah. or curfews rather. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. That's somehow giving you some type of family orientation or civilization, yeah. basically a community within this mess, you know, that you're in. I, wanna, yeah. I don't want to say mess, though, because for perception, that could be different. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. that part of their journey that they're yeah. on, really. Yeah. We're at Admiral Bird now, yeah. so the tampons are here. Yeah. How do they get into the hands of the people who are, who are homeless right now? And also, I just want to say that having, I was in a unique position at the cafe where we can like have a spot to donate them, which is nice, have a brick and mortar. But what also has happened is there becomes this like, right now there's not a lot, but it becomes like this giant mountain of like tampon mountain. And so that also like creates like, like this like people are like, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so like that also like destigmatizes the whole thing and they're like, well, this is what we're doing and it invites people in. And they're like, oh, they're just like, they're just like instantly like, this is a great idea. I want to do this. I'm gonna get involved. I think the best part is when like you're right, you walking down the street and someone reads your button and they either back off, yeah, <laughs> or, or they're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Either way, you get different for sure reactions, but it's really funny. It's yeah. Really funny. 
super liberal. I mean, I, in college, had a radio show called Feminine Nothing, and I was DJ Kotex, like, for, like really pushing, like, and I still was like, oh, is that, is that gross or whatever? And it's just like, that is like, we just can let that go, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. I feel like we've just been so conditioned over time. We've been so conditioned over time throughout society has shown us that this is something that we have that we can't be proud of. And if we are, we can be proud of it. Yeah, you know, we can be proud behind closed doors or we sit and we eat ice cream because of ice cream. And it's not true. We're functioning. We're out there. We're working. Yeah. <laughs> and what is, like, more beautiful than, like, taking care of somebody when they're on their menstrual cycle? Because yeah. it's like you're in, you're like, you know, you're having the physical pain and all that and being like, you know, I see that you're in pain and I'm going to take care of you. It's so beautiful, really, you know? Yeah. And I'm just bringing awareness, to be honest. I think about the human connection. Literally the human connection. If we bring awareness to something, something as simple as a woman's cycle that people don't want to talk about, that's pushing the envelope, that's breaking down the wall, that's making you be like, oh, that's like, Something I don't want to touch, but yeah. I see that this is real, right. and I right. cannot, you know, fake the funk. I cannot put yeah. on a facade and think that it doesn't exist. And I don't know if I told you, but Gretchen over at Circa, because she has three like junior high boys, and so she was talking about the million telephones, and then they were like, you know, didn't really understand periods and stuff, and so she was explaining every month you bleed for like you know, like seven days, and they're like, what are you talking? <laughs> What are you saying to me? And, and she's like, and she's like, you're such a badass. Everyone, she's like, yeah, I am. I am. I was like, well, yeah. they told her, like, whoa, you're so tough. Yeah, and especially young, like the youth. Explain, it starts with the youth. If you explain to them, like, this is what it is, and this is a part of the cycle of life, and this is how you're created, you have no fear around it. Yeah. We all are here because we can't do it. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's a huge part. Like, we can no longer be disconnected. And I think that's why this campaign is so big because we're realizing on such so many scales, we all need each other, especially yeah. right now. Not just with like raising money for the homeless or toiletry items, it's the fact that we need to be like, wow, this is the world that we live in. And no more shame. Yeah, no more shame. shame. Just like, don't feel bad about yourself. Like, and if you are homeless or if you're struggling, like, first off, just don't feel bad. Like, don't add one more burden of like feeling like you've like messed up or done something wrong, and that that have that be another thing that's holding you back. And like, I just found like so many people don't move forward because they're so ashamed of who they've been to that point. You're like, just like, let that go. And then I feel like it's so freeing in that way. Like, the more shame we can just take away from everything, it's just like liberating. And don't get us wrong, we've been through it. Not saying that I've ever been homeless, but I've been, we've been without. I remember, I remember when my mom was driving home and the muffler fell off on the street and my dad made her go get it because if we didn't get that muffler, <laughs> we weren't going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I know what it's like to not have money and to, to struggle and to see terrible things done and act like they didn't happen. You know, like, so us speaking, I don't want people to get it mixed up or get it confused because the truth is in the pudding and we are the pudding. We're not the speaking. I don't, I don't speak on things that I haven't experienced or I haven't seen or I haven't had close friends experience. You know, so I, that's why I keep bringing my connection 
I'm no different than you. You're just no different than me. You know, yeah. I have accomplishments, and so have I. And my mom, I grew up with a shitty mother. He was a bartender, and that's how she supported us. And she was amazing. Like, I wouldn't be anybody if it wasn't for you know her. But man, and I had some hard years. <laughs> and I grew up in a two-parent home. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm brown, and people don't expect that from me, and they don't expect people from me to speak oh, this you way. You should say that because. Right. People well, can't true. always tell that you're brown. No, I get, it all, I get it all the time. I get it. I can't even go back to Detroit. They're like, oh, you don't belong here. I'm like, what? I'm yeah. welcome Detroit. And when people don't understand what I say, they say, what part? I say, the east side. Like, where we knew all the hookers on Mac Street. We lived off the field. We, you know, see people get pimped up or got smacked up. And then we, we lived where all the Detroit riots were still there. I remember the penny candy store. And the meat market and you just I just remember all these things that you go a whole different world. Yeah. A whole different world. So I guess all I'm saying is the connection, we can all make a change. Um and it starts now. Like why wait? Yeah. Um we don't have to be rich or like famous or whatever. We can do what we can do. And we come and I guess I'm saying we come from two totally different worlds. That's the part. How can we bring this world and this world that we never have met? Bring them together and create something wonderful. Yeah. What I hear you saying too is that those worlds can be in the same life. Yeah. And everything's perception. You know what I mean? One person on this side may think Z, and yeah. And we're all, oh, that's just a fact. I'll just enter it. I can't keep I, I know I keep saying it, but it, it, it yeah. really, really is true. We get isolated. Yeah. We get isolated and feel like we're the only one. We feel like everyone's against us. But you got Joe Small down the street thinking the same thing. Yeah. You bring that world together, you're like, oh. Right, so if someone wanted to donate to Yamaha, yeah. so how, how do they do it in Seattle? How do they do it if they're not in the Seattle area? Well, I mean, now everybody has free delivery a lot of the time. Amazon Prime and Costco and all that. So you send them to Adam Bird, 2600 California Avenue Southwest, Seattle, Washington, 98416. Yep. Or you can just drop them by. Um, but a lot of people are sending them in, definitely. Yep. And we've got donations from... All over. Oh, oh, we got a solution. I was in from, I got from environmental impact. Yeah. But if you're homeless, 
facility is kind of like the best solution right now. And obviously not everyone can do snow cones, or I'm not pushing like that that needs and to be the thing. Yeah. But you know, here's like one option I'm just providing. And with like one Carlo with you care, they said this is so great because we're bringing such a variety of snow cones mm. that the people can actually just like choose which choose. ones they would yeah, normally want, huge. which yeah. is nice, and take a whole box nice. instead of being like, here's like the three you know, the four that we have in spare right now. But we've also mentioned to the people in the community that have been communicating with us, like if you care, if they're in need of cups. Oh yeah, they, show cups. Yeah. Right. we just said, hey, you know, this is what they're in need of and people sent those in. Yeah. And so we're also taking it each day. Yeah. Because we're understanding like, we know that 10 pounds is literally only one portion and yeah. that's not something everyone can use. But we are speaking of homeless who have nothing. And so this is like a step. And that's what we want. People and people give us other too. things. Like, they give us other things. And like we're collecting other. And then yeah. we just take that too, since we're already now, it's like, that's why I really just think of like, we're like a, a siphon for you oh, to like, take. And so our next step is we're going to gather people together and then we're going to go out and to the field. And so this is something I'm organizing and we're like organizing. And doing so, some packages. Yeah, so we're going to be stuffing and doing packages and going out into the camps. To distribute. Yeah. Yeah, so you made some connections with some of the organizers. I did. I won't mention names because of the commission. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but we will be doing that, and that's our next step of bringing the community together to be in the field with us. And also, I just want to mention facing homelessness does a lot of great work in Seattle too, with like putting a face to like the name and to like getting people's needs met. So a shout out to them. Melanie, thank you so much for sitting down this morning and talking through one million tampons. And yeah, we're gonna have more shows. We're trying to have one every twenty-eight days. So, <laughs> so our last show was at the Rendezvous at the Jewel Box, and it was so good. We had some amazing artists. We had Michael Push for Love. We had Simone Brian Fraser, who did amazing spoken word. We had a Brittany Allison, who did an amazing pop of theater and singing, and it was off the chain. Yeah, it was a packed house. And so um, it was presenting, Women in Tampons was presenting more than a woman, and these women were more than we can ever imagine. And so we're going to go to our next, we planning our next show, and inviting everybody to come and bringing their donations if they would like, and listen to some good music. And people can connect on Facebook, right? Oh, yeah. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, Instagram, if you want to donate, we have our special Amazon page, um, which was, you can email us, you can just mail in things to the English word. Yeah. Um, if you're local, come in and have a walk with your Johnny. <laughs> like, we'll bring, yeah, we can have a community, a little uh, sit down and talk. Yeah. If you're interested in giving to the campaign, we have included a link to their Amazon list in our show notes, where you can choose which items you'd like to donate. Thank you for listening. This podcast is part of the Homeland Project. We invite you to learn more about the project at homelandlab.com. Our work would not be possible without the support of MIGSVR and the Landscape Architecture Foundation's Innovation and Leadership Fellowship. To learn more about the tremendous work of LAF, please visit their website at lafoundation.org. Finally, we want to thank our friends at Yves for the use of their music. You can learn more about the band and find out about their debut album at 
the sound of y v e s.com.